Join us for today's episode of the Utopian Realities Slope Save Life on Planet Earth Blog Talk Radio Show, bringing you solution bearers with practical, proven, scientific ways to help you eliminate global level irradiation and extinction level threats from your body and bringing forward the means to restore and sustain global waters, air, soil, and sentient life. Welcome. Hanewashte, uh, welcome to uh, all my relations. Um, we just had six of four who just came in. Can you please identify yourself? Yes, uh, Phil Lane Jr. Wonderful, perfect timing. Um, this is Siava, and welcome to the Saturday Mending the Hoop Council uh, with Geronimo, who hasn't arrived yet, and voices for the MMIW. Uh, today, um, you know, these are spirit circles, and we have with us uh, Kwame, Grandma AC, Jeff, George, we have many elders from White Bison Wellbriety, and um, Chief Phil is going to open the circle and is going to give us an update. Um, because he has somewhere to be. So I'm just going to say, you know, very quickly, Wopala Tonkashula for calling us to gather in sacred council to be part of the bending of the sacred hoop and the healing of the earth. We will be both exploring the unfoldment of the fulfillment of positive prophecies and um, hearing updates from Chief Geronimo, the new CFO of the White Buffalo Nation and Chief of the Mendocino Tribal Reserve, and uh, we're hoping also that Martin Smith, president of the Kentucky Hemp Farmers Association, who is of Apache heritage, joins us. But right now, uh, we have um, a strong council circle of uh, white bison wild elders. And she still happens to also be of that circle. So welcome, uh, Chief Bill. And... Um, would you like to do the opening prayer and then the yes. other council members who are here can uh, take the feather for a moment before you give sure. your talk so yes. you know who's all here? Wilpola. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> I mean, Doc Yippie, my very, very beloved and respected relatives, I'd like to extend a very warm and loving handshake to each and every one of you through the Everywhere Spirit and say I'm so thankful that we're here together awakening at this long prophesied time of the rising of the condor, the quetzal, and the eagle, and the fulfillment of all the sacred prophecies and prayers of our ancestors. And so thankful as well to be with you in the spiritual reality that each one of us, each one of us is a spiritual representatives of all that have gone before us. And so here in this council, we're sitting here together with all our ancestors that we represent in this circle. So I thank you so much, Sister Lisa, <laughs> for putting this together. So I'd like to share a little yeah, prayer yeah. here. 
Bolton Kashla Wakantaka. Creator of the universe, most beloved one, all-powerful one, most kind one, most compassionate one, ever-forgiving one. We call upon your holy power at this time. With our hearts open, our minds open for your guidance, for your vision, for your inspiration. And we welcome our ancestors here who are here with us, who have walked that red road before us closer than our closest vein, and we give them thanksgiving for all their guidance, for all their love, for all their wisdom, and the great sacrifice they made so this path could be clear and fulfilled as it is unfolding at this time. We give honor and respect to all the tribes and nations of the East from where comes the red sunrise. They might come together in unity and harmony, and love and respect and healing in this very, very sick, sick world that we're living in today. In creator of all good things, we call upon all those tribes and nations of the South from where comes new life. We call up that new springtime to emerge <clears throat> with the essence of our beings in unity and harmony and strength to come together especially address this issue of murdered and missing women. We call upon all the tribes and nations of the West from where comes thunder, lightning, and rain. We call upon those spiritual powers of thunder and lightning and rain to awaken the hearts and minds of the people in a good way through the power and prayers of our ancestors and the Creator. We call upon all those tribes and nations of the North from where comes the white snow to purify our hearts and minds from everything Save your sacred power. We might be free and severed from everything in this material world so we walk with freedom. We walk with objectivity and justice. Creator, we humble ourselves for our Father's sky at this time. Especially ask your forgiveness for mankind myself, our men of this world in our awkward ways that have brought us to this point in history. And I ask you, creator of all good things, and I know you're the ever-forgiving, so we may leave this place knowing that all is new fresh and new. But especially uh, help us to understand what it is to be a good grandfather, a good father, a good brother, a good, a good husband, a good uncle, a good son, a good grandson, all those dimensions of ourselves. And we humble ourselves for our beloved Mother Earth, from whence comes all life. We give thanksgiving this day for our mothers who brought us forth in great suffering and sacrifice and gave us this life and our fathers as well, even if that's all they might have been there for us. Because this life is so precious. It's wakant, sacred. We give thanksgiving for that. And we, we... now, give you thanksgiving for our souls. This, these, we know when we're born in this physical plane of time and space, each of us is born as sovereignty, ancient and perishable and everlasting. So we give thanksgiving for that. And I just want to conclude with this prayer for unity. I learned way back in Bolivia back 50 years ago. But I love it because it talks about unity which I believe is the foundation. Without understanding the prior unity and oneness of our human family, there will not be any peace on earth. 
as long as we accept these artificial borders and different ways of looking at different races and all these kind of foolish things and not understand our soul has no ethnicity, our soul has no gender, our soul is a reflection of the oneness of the creator. And that's, that's what I would, would just share here with this little prayer for unity. Oh, my God, oh, my God, unite the hearts of thy servants and reveal unto them thy great purpose. May they follow in thy commandments and abide in thy law. Help them, O God, in their endeavor and grant them strength to serve thee. O God, leave them not to themselves, but guide their steps to the light of knowledge and cheer their hearts by thy love. Verily, thou art their helper, the Lord. So, I'm very pleased to be here and, and extend a warm handshake to you. Uh, I wanted to share with you that that um, uh, the union, the condor, the Quetzal, and the eagle uh, was initiated and the prophecy fulfilled on June 20th, at, uh, 2020. In fact, at 5:44, and that that's moving forward. We we really look forward to your um, those that are interested. We have a, a, a quite a number of of, um, of things we've been working on. I guess for the last 50 years that have come together and, and have created the foundation of this union. Um, so in just 11 nation states, uh, we've been able to connect together. 78 million indigenous people. Now, this is just embryonic in form, but all the networks that we're all part of are connected. Now we're, we're moving down to a local area. <clears throat> it's like in the Amazon, we have a project going there at Puyo Mayo, three communities there, where we're providing them with just getting them high-speed internet. We've got 48 cell phones going in there, drones, uh, and so forth, so they can begin having their voices come out, and, and we can give the eyes and ears to them, to sh- as, as the elders and, and, and protectors of the Amazon, so they can can show the world what's going on here in real time. Because they're saying that they they have their voice, but it, they, because of lack of of capacity to communicate it, that others are communicating it for them. So that's so. There's a number of these projects going on that I'm very, very excited about, and all I hear all these great projects that Lisa, all you are involved in. So I really look forward to getting to know you better. I extend you a warm and loving handshake. I'll stay on as long as I can. I've got to. Uh, we have a presentation on uh, uh, <clears throat> April 22nd, Mother Earth Day, 2016. Uh, after a nine-year consultation process that began at the International Indigenous Leadership Gathering up here at the Statlium Nation, uh, <clears throat> took, us, took us all across the Americas, we signed the International Treaty to Protect and Restore Mother Earth, uh, Mother Earth Day, April 22nd, 2016. It's the fifth year, fifth anniversary just passed. And I really believe that, that, that because of the in-depth consultation reflection we got from indigenous people unanimously across the Americas who are involved in this process, I don't believe there's any other international treaty that has the comprehensive holistic approach needed to stop runaway climate change, which uh, either we're either in it yet already or we're going to be in it. Because it, it, in terms of, of um, looking, and I was at the climate, climate uh, 
court of change meeting there, the COP22. I was in COP23 in Marrakesh, Morocco. And I got to tell you, they, they, we're, we're in for some, some real challenging times. These nation states are still so full of themselves. These colonial nation states still are so full of greed and materialism that I'm talking about the, not the people. The people are we're waking up everywhere. But if they don't, they don't make some changes, but they're not going to make the changes. We have to make the changes. Anyway, thank you. I kind of went off for a while here, and I appreciate very much, very kindly. I extend each one of you a warm and loving handshake. I want to stay and listen here for a while as long as I can. Thank you so much, Lisa. Dokesha. Oh, thank you so much. She's still, I have to tell you, I was weeping on behalf of Maka and white buffalo calf women and all of the grandmothers and all of the matriarchal ancestors for your words. And I still am so moved. Um, so um, let us um, put the feather in the center and uh, let us, uh, let me ask if Chief Geronimo has joined the circle yet. I see not. Okay, so um, let's, I will um, ask the person who is 336-350 to, um, I will go down the line and invite people to introduce themselves. Uh, Greetings, family. Yes, can you hear me? Absolutely, sister. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm just so grateful that uh, I was guided to call Brother Kwame, and he told me about this uh, gathering today at high noon here in Arizona's grand entry time. Anyway, I'm just grateful, and I'll listen. I'm calling you from uh, Buffalo Soldier Country, uh, Fort Naco or Fort Huachuca, and I'm just very humbled and when Brother Kwame said one of the main subjects were going to be uh about the women who are being exploited into trafficking and murdered and th- this has been something that uh I've been aware of for at least forty years and it's very troubling to me because where I am now is Fort Huachuca military base, and and there have been articles about it. it it's it's all you know uh, a fact. It's not something that I'm just saying about, but uh, uh, social services or DSS and 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 even military, uh, they're involved in human trafficking and what have you. And and I've been aware of this for quite some time. And it, it, it makes me very sad because if it had not been for my dad, uh they they snatched DSS snatched my daughter when she was ten. And if it had not been for my dad who was thirty third degree Mason at the time in Phoenix, then she would have been sold into trafficking, and now, right now, uh, 
my daughter and I, we do not have a relationship. She has a lot of issues, and I'm, I have a lot of issues, too, but I'm working on mm-hmm. healing it, and, and I can go on and on, but that's okay. Uh, well, I it's just a start. Listen. Thank you for bringing that. That yes. is the topic. And I'm, yes. um, thank you. I'm going to share the feather with you for a moment because I need yes. to bring thank, into thank the circle. Him. I need to bring our crossed over sisters into the circle. I welcome into the circle, Sister Annie Mae Pictou. I welcome into the circle the cousin of Grandma Marge Efford who crossed over yesterday at the hands of her beloved, who now, that I'm sure he's not under the influence any longer, has blood, the blood of his beloved on his hands. And uh, so I welcome to the circle our invisibles, our brothers and sisters, our children, our aunts and uncles, all of our relations, welcome, welcome to the missing and murdered. And um, we extend, as as Chief Bill so eloquently said, to those brothers and sisters who have been trained to abuse, have been abused, please come home, you know, no matter what you've done, if you're sorry and you're willing to heal, we love you. We forgive you. It's just it has to stop. And that also to all these military people, we see what you're doing. We know what you're doing. Um, one of my um, sisters, Auntie uh, Paula Rooks um, from Hot Springs, she's a lodge keeper, leads women's. Lodges, and I was honored to live with her um, four years ago when, in the year I was blessed to uh, be able to go home to the sacred Black Hills. I spoke to her on the phone probably less than two weeks ago, and she told me the sad news that her son had died and that he was, had been an FBI agent, which is not necessarily something I'm, you know, that fond of, you know, mistrust as a um, tribal woman, but she told me what her son had been doing was rescuing children. One case a month for years. So I, I, you know, this is to back up what the sister is saying here. This is not an illusion and it is not a joke. And it has to be spoken of. This is why I bring it into the conversation, the topic of ritual abuse. Because I know I have very close relatives, not blood, but spirit, family, by marriage, who I know grew up in families where the boys were sexually abused and trained. And they can't speak of it. And then it, it, they, they're so traumatized 
the post-traumatic stress disorder is so strong because they've never been able to even speak of it. You know, they're threatened if they speak of it when they're children and told it's their fault. And then what do they turn to? They turn to alcohol. They turn to drugs so they can try to forget. And then what happens? Who do they lash out at? Their women and their children. And so I, you know, especially as that's part of why we're speaking of this, because the brothers, you know, and then they get blamed and they're victims too. So I put the feather back. Thank you. So is there, is there another, let's see, who is next? 706-202. Would you please pick up the feather and introduce yourself and speak what spirit puts on your heart to share with us? May we all be hollow bones. May we all be of the sacred Chanupa. May great spirit, may Unchi Maka and Wankantanka speak through each of us. Welcome. 706-202. Well, Vidama, and I'm I'm very grateful for that, and I thank the chief for his prayer, and I thank Mama Az for her sharing her heart. I am Kwame Sunhorse. I sit here on the stolen land of the Muscogee Creek here in Georgia, and I'm honored that my sister has invited me, and I share it with family to come in and speak to this because this is something that we have to look at because the MMIW is very important because the Cheyenne prophecy says that if the woman's heart ever touches the earth, even with all the warriors that we have, we will begin to perish. And so it's very important that we Overstand the importance of what we're seeing happening in this genocidal process, a perpetuation of the invaders that have come into our land. And the misuse of the degrading of men to put them into that part that they would do that to those that are of their own nation and of their own race and and others. And then those invaders that have come into the land and have taken over lands that once belonged to our nations. And we have to understand that these missing and murdered indigenous women and girls are someone's daughter, someone's sister, someone's mother. And these ones that are perpetuating this this atrocity of genocide to these women because every man comes from a woman, and how can a man take what he comes from and do the things that they have done to these these women and these girls? And it's a very important challenge because this has been going on, and thanks to a lot of the First Nations and the Res women finally rising up and saying enough is enough. It has to stop. And they began to protest and call out and sing. And in the prophecy, it says that the eagle will land on the moon. 
that the spider yes. will spin a web around the earth, that the black snake will travel across the north, and that the women will rise up and begin to sing. And these songs that these women sing are about the atrocities that are happening to these women and girls because the ego landed on the moon and I'm honored because I met Don Coyas who worked for NASA and he worked on the rover and he talks about it in his, in his, his presentation. And what he did was putting that eagle in the rover, eagle feather in the rover. And that eagle landed, that rover landed on the moon. So that that was part of the prophecy that the eagle plus you know, I have something special about that eagle landing on the moon, July 20th, 1969, a day I'll never forget in my life. Because that day I came off the plane and came back into the airport to watch this this one giant step for mankind. And I got back on that plane and I went directly to Vietnam. And so oh my God. that was a very powerful part in my life. Adult, those two things happen on that day. The World Wide Web has spun around the earth, and this is how, as the chief was saying, that we had on Earth Day, we had the people in the Andes come down, and they had to come walk down the mountain and come down to an area where they could take their little flip phone and get a signal because they wanted to speak on Earth Day as they did in 2009 when they came into Sedona, Arizona, and began to tell us about little brother, who was us here, the ones on this turtle island. We are the little brothers, that we are out of order because they're having it happen all the way up in the top of the Andes Mountains there in South America where they reside at. So... These prophecies were being told because the eagle and the condor in 2009 was also the time of the waters of Lake Titicaca coming to the Americas from the, with the condor people to bring it to the Grand Canyon where it was to be put with the maize back into the canyon where the eagle of the residing nations here on Turtle Island and then the Quatticolo was, was done in 2015 there in Red Canyon, right outside of Page below Sedona. And we again learned the lessons of reading the petroglyphs. And the elders told us that when you see the petroglyphs and, and, and see the, the, the drawings on it, there's a message. And the way that you get the message is you cast your shadow on the petroglyph and it will connect to your spirit. And so these are the, 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 the prophecies and things in which we left because this energy of us being crossing the galactic center and the 52,000 year of star knowledge that was, that's carried by the Nakota people there in, in uh, Yankton Reservation around Greenwood, around the uh, around the river there, and they hold that, that 52,000-year star knowledge because we needed that knowledge for this time again when we have to understand where we are in the Milky Way. 
and what is the energies that are, are coming and what is the great shift in the consciousness of us as moving from a homo sapien to a homo spiritus. The thing that we are now really most important is our women because the three things that tell the greatness of a people, number one is land, and we are on Turtle Island. Water, we have the many lakes and and 10,000 lakes in Minnesota. We have the great Mississippi. We have the waterways and the Great Lakes. Uh, These are the waterways of our people. And then we have women. And it's important that those three things, because if any of those are taken away from the people, you have destroyed just about the nation. And we've seen the destruction of a nation because it began in the longhouses, the teepees, and the doorways in which we entered out and in in the family that lived in it. And this is how they began to destroy these nations here on this island. And so I'm grateful that we have this opportunity to use this techno-spiritual, but we still have to come back to Mother Earth. And Mother Earth, and, and I always use acronyms, and Mother Earth, and Earth stands for Energy Awaking Real True Healing. This is how we're going to get our healing in reconnecting to the mother. This is how we will get the healing because it's her energy that that is awakening us, that's coming from above. And this is why I said that we need an overground railroad. And me being of two nations, that which is the red and the black, the prophecy of the Choctaw, mm-hmm. that the children of two shields mm-hmm. of the red and black will come back together on Turtle Island because the first shield we fought and we attempted to fight and where a lot of our people were, were taken away from here. And I was hoping that Geronimo's grandson would be here because he was one of the great warriors, chiefs, that led the battles against keeping the land. Tecumseh, who is Lina Nila, he is Shawnee. He is in my ancestral line of my people here. And he was the one who attempted to join the, the five civilized nations to not allow the, the English or the Americans to come and take their land. And they killed him up there on the Thames River, but the Braves took his body and would not let them dishonor him by capturing his body that they killed there. So all of these historical moments have led to this right now moment because we are now yes. fighting in the spiritual. And in the word spiritual is the ritual. And this ritual that we're doing, having this conversation, sharing our hearts and and sharing our spirits, that others may play back this blog show and hear the words that have come from our hearts that we're speaking. So I'm grateful to you, my sister, and I will drop the mic. Well, you'll put the electronic feather um, speaker back. Um, Chief Geronimo hasn't joined us yet. I spoke to him um, half an hour before, and he's very busy. You know, we were speaking last night about his ancestors' bones, and so I look forward 
to him if I assume he will be here um, if he can. Otherwise, you know, he is chief baron. Um, he's only not here because something important happened. He was, I was eating eating my breakfast before the program, and so was he. So, um, yes, um, thank you, Kwame. And this is the true circle, these words that we're speaking today. Um, George. I'm going to ask you to, um, I see, like, it's, I'm going through the phone numbers. I beg your pardon? George, will will you take the feather next, please? Are you key? My name is George. I'm from the Kutub-Chasta Nation in Northern California on the Klamath River, upriver Indian. Uh, what an honor to be here. Um, uh, you know, I know Creator brought me here for a reason. It's uh, kind of I can only speak to it where I'm from is, is that uh, you know I see the terrible sickness that we have in our world today, and uh, you know women are viewed as objects, and uh, you know actually uh, all all people are viewed as objects, just depending on where people find themselves on where in 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 the place of colonialism that uh, we live under, that uh, you know, I might you know I've only been walking the red road for just over three years now, and uh, life hasn't always set well with me, and uh, you know I've always felt a little out of place, and you know the longer I've walked this road, the, the more that I, I I understand you know why that, uh, you know, I just have not been able to feel at home is because I was in such disagreement with myself. And uh, just, you know, remembering, you know, doing things and just and knowing deep to my core that uh, it was just not, is just not the right thing to do. You know, I've lived a, a life with, you know, chasing materialism because I thought that's what, uh, what would bring me happiness. And, uh, you know, all it did was bring me a, a a life uh, of miser- misery and drug and alcohol use, and you know, it's uh, trying to come back to my culture and heal my family. You know, I can see the, uh, the you know, there's the, the things I, I that happened to me when I was growing up that uh, you know, then I pass that on to my children, and uh, you know, I'm I'm a grandfather now, and uh, you know, it's uh, just. Uh, you know, seeing you know what kind of what kind of what kind of life or what kind of world am I, I leaving for my grandchildren? You know, I got the honor to be able to uh, do our language class for our tribe that uh, I, I get to share that with my granddaughter who's ten, and uh, you know it's just that's a, a blessing. Uh, but uh, yeah. it's uh, you know this, this yeah the, the how we, how we treat our women, you know, it's just, I know just in the, in, in the short time that I've been walking the red road, my, my whole mindset has changed. And my understanding of relationship is under the assumption of what norm, what, what, what the, what the world is normal when it's not. You know, be able to, uh, you got a lot of honest. background noise. We can, 
can hardly hear him. You do. Are you outside, George? No, I'm not. Somebody's Because you're getting a lot of static. But let me, um, I think that Chief Geronimo may have just joined us. Are you with us, Geronimo? Yes, I am. Seven and seven? Okay, good. Um, Chief Geronimo, um, welcome. We're, the, the council is live. I don't know if you heard the beginning. Chief Delane um, gave a beautiful, beautiful opening, and I was in tears. And then um, Grandmother AC spoke about her experience um, seeing and knowing and her daughter almost being a victim of trafficking. And then Grandfather Kwame um, has been speaking and um, spoke of how much he looks forward to meeting you because of his ancestral connections with the beloved, with your beloved ancestor, Geronimo, whose bones were never found. And I told him that, you, you know, he could bring that up. I want to say one thing, um, which is, you know, it's called MMIW, but I think there should be an M added to the end for men, because let's not forget what happens in the residential schools. Let's not forget the abuse of the little boys, because Chief Elaine, I believe, is not with us on this call any longer. But I'm not saying anything that is a secret because he openly speaks of being sexually abused as a child yeah, I'm here. and having to break the cycle in his yeah, own I'm life. Here, Lisa. So I, I beg your pardon? I said I'm, I'm here. Oh, you are. So forgive yes. me for, you know, talking about your No, 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 no. I, 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 think, think it's, I, I think it's what you're saying is important. You know, I found this in my life. We're as sick as our secrets. And I was sexually abused when I was just a young boy by an older uh, European, a boy of European background. And my mom and dad, I was born in a residential school. My mom and dad met one in school. I worked many, many years for getting back in, uh, this was clear back in 1995. Began, we began addressing the Canadian residential school issue. I've sat literally thousands of uh, our relatives who suffered in these. these, in these this, this, these were no different than, than concentration camps. I mean, I've heard witnesses, a young girl worked down in the basement uh, helping cook. They had this little baby all dressed up, newborn baby all dressed up. The nuns brought it down. Of course, it had been pregnant. Told me that she shared what it sounded like when they threw it in the, in the, in the uh, boiler, in the, in the fire. Like a squeak, that little squeak, that little baby went in that fire. So what happened there, I think we've got to be clear about this. What happened here was no less for one, first of all, of cultural genocide. It was cultural genocide. And had Canada not uh, uh, fancy danced there when they were doing the, <clears throat> this whole thing on genocide and got some of the wording taken out, they are most definitely guilty of genocide in its full sense. 
and they actually avoided that by having some things left out in the original UN, UN negotiations. And as the United States, you know, uh, um, it was more the more the um, the uh, religious schools. All those abuse went on in the government schools as well. So there was abuse both places, and it did in, in, in yes, many areas. Part of it was was the, the people in power uh, got the younger children to abuse the younger children. So you got the younger boys sometimes to abuse the younger boys. And, of course, all that affected in our communities where we have these high incest rates and, and all the sexual abuse of women going on. And, and by the way, men, get men boys get sexually abused as well. They get raped as well exactly. by women sometimes. Exactly. Even by mothers. Exactly. I've, I've had to deal with those kind of situations. So this, what, you're, what we're dealing with here is I think we need to give a lot of love to one another. Lots of love. A person has ten bad qualities and our relative, look at the good. They got ten good ones and one bad one, look at the good. Our relatives. And say for people who are all of a sudden open our hearts to those that we know that are hurting our people. But I'm talking about our relatives. You know, we they need extra amounts of our love and compassion. And it's not easy, especially if you've been abused, sexually abused, you've got to deal with your own abuse or else you can't deal with somebody else's. You only take people as far as you can go yourself. So I thank our yeah. brother, too, for really hitting, under, hitting this thing about women. The eagle, have, the eagle of humanity has two wings. One is man and one is woman. And both of them must have equal power and respect and honor and, and, and for, for our, the eagle of humanity to fly its highest. That's a fact. And then, anyway, I, I will need to go now, dear sister Lisa. But thank you. I so enjoyed hearing all the speakers, and hearing your perspective, and we'll join you here. Try to get here next week. Yes, it's every week. Thank you. And welcome. All righty. All right. Big hugs. Um, big. Much respect. Much love. Much gratitude. I'm going to ask everyone if you're not. Speaking to mute yourself um, so we can potentially have less background status. Um, George, since you had the feather when I interjected, is there more now that you need to say before I welcome uh, Chief Geronimo to his position as co host of the circle? Grandfather George? No? Okay. Uh, welcome, to yep. Geronimo. Yep. The circle is alive. <laughs> <laughs> um, For sure. So, in, please, I, I know, um, Kwame, um, please unmute yourself and speak to your relatives. Greetings, my brother. And uh, it's an honor to meet you. And everything is in divine order. And this now moment has come so we can be able to join the red and the black on this turtle island because we have a spiritual, as your grandfather fought with the shield 
in battle. We now have to fight with the shield for the spiritual protection of us as a people. Grandfather Kwame, did you have a question about you had brought up about how Geronimo's body was never found? Is that correct? You brought that up. Yeah, they were saying and, that, that. Oh, I okay. They were saying I don't know if the skull and bones is supposed to be there at Harvard. That fraternity was supposed to have stolen the bones, and that was part of a ritual that they did in order to capture that spirit of that warrior. Is there any truth to that? Well, you know, um, yes, and, um, well, they could try, but, you know, and, um, the spirit is um, an entity, you know, the bones are just her body, you know, that's her, that's her spiritual body, and, um, you know, today, you know, most people would never believe that, you know, um, Geronimo's here, you know, and, you know, in his in his guidance, in his place, and for his people, you know, and his feathers, you know, his feathers as well, you know. Um, I know the um, White Mountain Apache has tried to get the, um, you know, his feathers and his bones, and for some, you know, gracious reason that, you know, we have a we have a chance, you know, and to um, to grab something that you know what you know they thought that. It can never have been done, you know. We we have it here today, you know. And it's, you know, and things. And one thing with Native Americans, you know, it's a it's a challenge. And if if that if you are in a true place, then you know, and then it's to be just as easy. And you know, Geronimo came to a name, to a name that um, you know that was a part of the people. It was part of the Native American culture before, you know, before Geronimo. And that, you know, um, the bones that they think that they have, because that's the, the, the fiduciary of the United States. I think that, you know, holding his bones is what is going to, um, you know, to give him power. But that's not the true creative power. That's not the true spirit. Because, you know, um, he is a true spirit. And, you know, we do come back into our lives, you know, you know, as an ant, a dog, a bear, an eagle. You know, those are our spirit beings. You can't hold something that which we would like to have his bones back into the place where, you know, for our people. You know, we want, we want the feathers back to, you know, to the people that which doesn't belong in a museum. It belongs in its rightful place where the people believe that it should be. You know, that's, that's, that's our challenge. And it's our challenge right now. And it's my goal, you know, to replace it back to, you know, the native people and they can no more longer, um, you know, hold something what they believe it's, it's not their belief. It's their belief. And, you know, um, I just, I was going to uphold, you know, the, um, the value of what 
you know, what we're doing and what we're doing it for. And, you know, um, he was for his people. You know, most people, when I was in Standing Rock, they thought that, you know, they, you know, everybody has an objective of, you know, right, this or that. But it's like they said, well, he gave up. He gave up for his people. You know, he felt he knew that, you know, if he didn't, you know, surrender himself, then his people would die. You know, upholding what it is that, you know, um, what he did, that was honorable. He didn't. He did the best that he could, and so did Cochise. They all did the best that they could. So you know, um, you know, and we're here today to um, ratify, you know, this guidance, and you know, uphold what it is that um, interposition, you know, um, and this is a part of my grandmother and my mom, you know, they're they're in the um, the creator world right now. And, you know, they're standing, you know, they're looking at me and they're, they're guiding me. And I didn't get to see my mom as much as I, you know, I should have, but, um, I know she's here with me now. I know that, um, you know, my family, my family named Mendocino 1542, 200 years before the United States. And, you know, it, they believe that, you know, they could take control by killing everything around that says that, well, if we, if we take it and we kill it, then there's no one to provide claim. Well, that never happened because I'm here today. And that, you know, we have something that, you know, we have to hold on to. You know, if my mom's in, you know, and she's in ashes right now. And if someone did a spiritual things thinking that, you know, she could... They could have her, her bones, her ashes. It's not her spirit, you know. Um, you know, so they're holding on a thin line, and you know, Creator. They they like to. It's like Deb Helen. Deb Helen is not in her place because you know she's in that she's the best person. They want to assure that Native Americans will never ever be able to um, come into their place because they've never shown it. So why not put a Native American there to see, you know, their final test? This is their final test. It's like um, Barack Obama, when he won his, uh, after his inauguration, he came in and he said, whoever has a treaty or jobs, I will sign. And for those who are bringing their treaties, that uh, you better do it now or forever hold your peace. And, you know, this is where, this is where I came in. And, you know, I, I took those words you know, wholeheartedly and, you know, with dedication. And I had something that, that couldn't be denied because I had the treaty. I had the documentations. They, 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 they put it out there in, the, um, in their library for 60 years, you know, showing it and saying, hey, look at, look at our land and look what we got. You know, we're the white Indians. We're the white Indians. That's what Fort Bragg is. Fort Bragg is the the Fort Bragg Indian Reservation for whites. That's why they moved everybody off the reservations. That's why they made township councils. You know, it's like tribal council, city council. Huh. I wonder who has more power, the city council or the tribal council. Most tribal governments will go, city council does. But where's the difference? The, the name is somewhat different, but council has a representation of Native American. 
Why don't they change it to city board? Why does it have to be a city council? Because they are representing Native American land and Native American governance. And this is what I'm doing into Mendocino so that all the Native Americans can see that, you know, the the genocide is what they're, um, the genocide and the corruption, you know, I'm, hey, Guangzhou, and that's how everything was built because of the timber. The timber created, you know, um, a source that took out hemp. So, you know, um, we're, we're in a good direction. We're in a good balance that, you know, um, we have um, an opportunity of a million jobs for our people and those of public. You know, I'm not going to take away, you know, other people. And, you know, and they just followed along and they just did what they were supposed to do. Either you can live and die or kill Native Americans. Hmm. What do I want? Do I want to live or do I want to die? They came here for, you know, for the land. For, they said it was free, but it wasn't. It was only... It was free land so they could write it on a piece of paper and go kill them for that piece of paper saying, now we got title. But they never took adverse possession. They just took what they thought that they had. They took the land of the, um, you know, of the, the white people, but they did the same thing with the natives. They just, they just took it. They didn't say this is my land and I'm taking control of it. They just left it the same. Everything is just the same. It just has a facade over it. We just got to clean the window and, you know, and, and look at our histories and look at the chiefs. The chiefs are the power. The chief who directs the council, just like the president of the United States. The president of the United States has no one to answer but himself. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a lineal chief. You know, I'm, my father's a chief, my great-grandfather's a chief, 19 generations of chiefs. And, you know, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, most tribes seem to take away. It's like, you know, um, when you go to the White House, when all the natives go to the White House, you know, and they're chairmen. And an agent comes out and goes, um, the president sees chiefs. Can you, you know, be a chief? And I was like, you know, um, if I was a chairman and the you know the person coming out and telling me that to be a chief i would carry that back home hey president of the united states only sees chiefs why don't we all change you know our boards into chiefs chiefs is the authority and that of the president of the united states he doesn't go to his board to make his decisions I mean, he goes to the board to make his decisions on what is the best for or not for and Barack obama did 109 executive orders without congress without the rep, um, the representatives, and without his cabinet. He's like, I don't need you. I can make the best decisions for the people. And if we put those objectives of those 18 treaties back to order, of those of error to those treaties, that's how the 500 tribes got their recognition, because of the 18 treaties. BIA is holding title to the chiefs, to represent the 500 tribes. That's how come they're federally recognized, because they can prove that they are a descendant of those 18 chiefs of treaties on the 19th, the 19th treaty. So, you know, um, to answer your question, um, 
they can put all the magic they, they want out of it, but, you know, these are true spirits. You, you can't capture their souls. You know, it's, you know, as humans, you know, we might be the um, the next choice to, to live um, their legacy. And I believe that we're in their legacy and their promise of, you know, and, this was this was not going to last forever. This is something that you know, um, you know, Native America is going to save everybody again. And I, I really do believe that um, we deserve to um, provide that chance and to hold that opportunity for the people, of the people, of we the people. Hi, hi. Hi, hi. Um. Kwame, any any further questions right now? No, or comments? and and with the with the return of that, did they actually you know because Yale is is an institute that that Bush came out of there and a lot of other presidents came out of Yale, and the thing of it is is that in them doing this as as a part of a hazing or initiation that they did this and back in the early 1900s and, and robbing his grave and taking his skull. The thing about it is, what apologies has they made to the nation and to your, your ancestors? I mean, to you as a people. Well, that's what's coming up. That's what's coming up is that apology. Because we're doing it, you know, we're, we put it. We we got a presidential letter putting together is being put together as we speak. We've been working on it for the last last year, and you know, in full force. And those of um, you know, native tribes, native elders, chiefs, you know, um, they're on board, and that we're going to go to the the Secretary of Interior. And to the President of the United States, and you know, and ask, can we provide one million jobs with the cannabis service resource that, in 23 states where Native Americans live, that they can provide for this? I wrote the law. Um, I, I spent five years in the United Nations providing contracts and acquisitions. Barack Obama, you know, um, he gave me the opportunity to learn in the government to provide the best direction I can for the people, for what I asked for, you know, and um, they will give it, you know, um, right. you know, $4.3 billion, which right. I'm allocating. But, right. But with, with them, with Biden appointing a first nation for interior, uh, what is it? Secretary of the interior, which is over the, 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 the the Bureau of Indian Affairs. The part yeah. in that part with her being First Nation and knowing the department, you know I mean, knowing the knowledge, hopefully she she still walks in her bloodline. The part of it is, is that we have to begin to do the spiritual work as you're doing, writing her and getting them to, to acknowledge. But there is... Uh, 
of spiritual debt that this country owes to the indigenous people and to the captives that they brought here. You know, you were talking about reparations, but there there has to be a, a spiritual acknowledgement because of the, the genocidal process that they did in taking this country. Well, yeah, that's what we're. That's exactly what we're going to do. And four point three billion dollars is going to give us a really good start of what it is that we're going to do and show the nations that um, we know how to fix our. We know how to fix our reservations. We know how to sing and dance. We know how to pray. Let us do what we do best, and let us show you how we could do it. Everybody else that you put together doesn't work. Here's the, I'm, I'm at DQ University, one of the first universities for Native Americans. And I did a research in L.A. on, um, you know, on education. And I looked up the um, K through 12, $7.5 billion a year. That's what they get. And I looked up DQ. And they get to split $4.5 million between 23 other universities. And, the, and I looked at uh, Davis, $70 million. And University of California, $110 million. And it's like, um, okay, well, those are great examples. But should not the, um, the federal government that who's supposed to be um, um, designating um, a school as for Native Americans to be able to um, achieve their goals? So, um Eight professors that are on board right now who are writing the curriculum for them so that because they're back up, you know, they're they're pulling their, um, you know, the board has made it through. You know, they made it through the courts. They made it through this other board that, you know, didn't want to do nothing. So, you know, they're they're taking up the reins. And, you know, um, I believe that, you know, giving somebody the chance to, you know, to acknowledge that education is the best opportunity for people with something right. that gives it worth. You know, we have to start with something and, you know, and they never did the direction with the federal government because the government came down and the state government goes, Hey, instead of going to the federal government, they ain't going to give you no money. I want you to go to, you know, go to the casinos and um, go to other tribes that would actually give you money. They didn't say, Hey, why don't you go to all these other universities, other colleges, and have them help you support you because that's what they do. They support those of other schools. But do they do that? No. But that's what my job is. My job, I'm a federal contractor and a FEMA officer, you know, two at the same time. So, you know, um, I think that the people and the neighbors we have here that Lisa has brought together and that um, those are my brothers of Standing Rock and my, those of my relatives – um, I think that um, we have a we have a good edge, and is I know that you know I don't look at Deb Helen because she's a Native American. I look at her that she has a responsibility and an honor to uphold, just not to be a Native American, but to do it just and to do it right. right. And that right. Um, you know what we have is not just hey I'm a Native American, give me my land, and it's right here. And I don't have no paperwork. I don't. Only thing I am is I'm brown, and I'm a I'm an Indian. Give me it. No, that's not how it works. These are real documents. These are real uh, directives. 
These are real things that makes the president and the secretary of the interior. I don't, she didn't have to, you know what? If she wasn't Native American, we still have the opportunity to do the same thing that we're doing because it's something the president can't overlook. I will put it in every, every media place around the world and say what it is that they can't do. And um, the United Nations don't break treaties. Every, everybody else says, well, the United States has broken treaties. Well, if they knew they, they could go to the United Nations and follow um, a complaint of sovereignty and federal law, that they would be in deep shit and they would, give, they would have to give back everything that they're supposed to get. And tribal nations in, and the United Nations is for the Native Americans. They are for them. They made the United yes. States put it into law. They made them put it into law, saying the um, the labor sovereignty, uh, the labor, the labor. So, uh, the, hold on, let me get this right. The Tribal Labor Sovereignty Act that gives Native Americans mm-hmm. the power to associate their sovereign, and that's what I'm writing. I'm writing a template. Uh, I have a website. That you know that has treaties and has you know associations that you know look into these things. These are these are real treaties. The Treaty of Guadalupe is still in effect. That's probably all of California. You know what I mean? The Treaty of Mendocino, that's still in effect. They're all it's it's just how you it's how you use it, and it's they the white people use it to economy. Well, this is what the people want. Well, okay. That's on your land. But if we do the same thing for us as an economy, as an economics, then guess what we get? We get just that. And we'll get, we will get an agency. I am an agency. But we'll have their authority and their support to do what they've always should, been, should have done. Right. So, and one one other point, and I commend you for what you're you're putting together because, you know, in this land being before the invaders came in, we made agreements. We didn't have to write on paper because we understood our word as our bond, and then we had yeah. the invaders to come and to come and change the whole uh, language of this land and how we, how we honor our truth. And so what I'm hearing you saying and, and, and the, and the most of, and looking at education and, and being able because of the missionary schools and the things that happen at these missionary schools, and then for these brick and mortar institutions that were built by the captives of my ancestors and also on the stolen land of our ancestors, we have to look at that they have endowments and those institutions in their archival basements and things just as you got the bones, the skull returned. There are many artifacts and sacred items that sit in those buildings and those places that need to be returned and put into places where each nation can honor their ancestors by bringing back the artifacts that were stolen and put there and, and, and done just out of greed. And the thing that we're looking at is these are the tools and things that we have to bring back the spirit because 
in that soul, yes. in those 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 robes, in those buffalo hides, in those you know moccasins that they they've got stored down in basements and boxes. Those need to be returned so the generations now and the generations to come can see the items of their ancestors. Yes. Yes. I'd also like to um, I'd also like to circle back in to um, the theme the um, the the shadow of missing and murdered indigenous women and men and bring up go back to um, the fact of what we have to address in order to function as tribal nations and that, you know, if we, if the authority over our land is returned, but we're all sick, then everything, it's, it's not a good thing. And so I want to turn back for a second and um, bring grandmother Marge um, in spirit into the circle and ask uh, Chief Geronimo, if you would talk a little bit about the um, the work, the white bison and well variety work, um, and MMIW work that um, Grandmother Marge has, who is a trustee and is, um, as far as I'm concerned, one of the living matriarchs. And as we all know, the original governments were matriarchal. The Casas and Missus, the tribal clan mothers, were not did not have to speak because the chiefs speak for them, because they're of one spirit. Speak a little bit, because many of the people who are here in this circle right now are of the, of the white bison, well variety path. And I'd also like you, um, besides speaking on that, um, many of them don't really know what the Geronimo plan is, and they're from various parts across Turtle Island, and they can take an understanding of how they can join with this and how it can benefit them in their communities, if you would please. Thank you. Um, bless Marge, bless the, um, you know, AIM and, you know, all our elders. And the Jarmo hemp industry is um, a template that will guide the, um, the tribes into law and um, security that their grows will be um, will be honored, and you know, funding close, you know, um, opportunity is that's what's being created. You know, um, an economical structure that they don't have to grow, you know, marijuana. Sorry. So, um, so. It's a it's a template that is going to help the Native American culture, you know, get into their agriculture, to get into um, you know their spirits, their own being. That you know there is help out there, and that you know there is a community, a nation, and you know direction that is. Sorry about that. Um, I take a, a proper way to the um, the Ames thing. 
Thanks, Mark. You're breaking up, Geronimo. Yeah. Well, um, the hemp industry is a service that which we could provide six or fifty thousand different commodities. Well, if the Native Americans, if the Native Americans want. If the, Native, if the Native Americans wants to um, service a, um, a commodity like growing um, paper or making clothes, they can. If they want to sell them, you know, they can. And if they if they want to grow medical marijuana, they can. If they want utilities, we'll put it in. And if they need schools, we'll put it in. If they need hospitals, we'll put it in. And we have some of the best professors, some of the best teachers, Native American teachers, um, guidance. Um, we have everything. You know, we do. I mean, what I'm saying is, and having everything is that, you know, that the will of the Native Americans would, um, you know, like to participate in the build. You know, if they need a, a hospital, like I said, we'll build a hospital. If they need to plow their fields to make it, you know, the best production and and growing with no pesticides, all natural, um, rebuilding their um, reservation, that's what we're all for. We're all here and to to help the Native Americans and to to give our shot, to give our shot on uh, what we could do where everybody else has failed and, you know, um, and take that honor of my, my ancestors and the honor of my father that, that showed me a path that I knew nothing about. In a, in a family that I knew nothing about, and he saw my heart, and he saw what it is that I had a gift, and I would like to, um, you know, to give that gift to the people as we do. Give it to the people. Let them thrive. Let them thrive as you will thrive, as he has always thrived, in good and bad. Excuse me. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, uh, this is, yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. Uh, I couldn't hear everything because I'm in the hospital and the, and the nurses and everybody keeps coming in and out. But I heard you say uh, something about uh, in the direction of a trade school and and, and yep. setting up. Uh, is that kind of what I heard? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I'm in Cochise County, and I'm pushing oh, 70. I'm an, I'm an elder, and uh, I'm in the Dragon Mountains here in Arizona, uh, uh, Cochise Stronghold. And I've had my eye on this this piece of property since uh, 2016, and uh, I go camping a lot in the Stronghold. So I've often thought about having something like that or leaving part of what I have collected uh, 
and and starting a trade school for the indigenous one, especially the black and the red together as a unit. So Brother Kwame knows me quite a bit, and and uh, Dr. Jeffrey hasn't met me yet, but he's over over there up the road in Tucson. So uh, I'd like to get your input as to how can I leave what I have to set up a trade school there in Cochise Stronghold. Uh, well, this is this is what I do, and um, oh, what this is this is what I do, and you know I help, you know um, I help also Native Americans get their lands. I help I show them how, you know, they can keep their lands within title mm-hmm. of the ritual. Mm-hmm. And um, I have I have I have two other universities besides DQ. DQ helped me build. They helped me build myself to learn on um, what a university is. And we could do it as a subsidiary school from DQ. Mm-hmm. That, um, we, could, we could help out with that. We just, we just need to know how much would it take to build it. Okay. Uh, like I said, I haven't met Dr. Jeffrey yet over the, uh, uh, over there in Tucson, but he mentioned uh, something about that uh, on that order today, and this is where I really want to go with what I have left. Uh, trade school. Yes. Yes, I'm here. Grandma HP is Dr. Jeff in the circle. Dr. Jeff, yes, are you I'm here? Oh, oh, yes, ma'am. Okay, oh, good. Oh, yeah, Dr. Jeff. <laughs> Hello. God bless America. I'm telling you. Greetings. <laughs> Greetings. Greetings. Peace of Brother Clark. Yeah. I'm here. I can facilitate. I'm an administrator. I've been working IT for the past 15 years, uh, getting away from government contracting. So I'm all here. I've got a pen and paper. I'm going to take any move forward. Well, I'm. Um, I'll start well, out with this one. Let me interject. Chief, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, well, it's it's a lot of L M R R dot com. Is that correct? Is that the website? L M M I R R dot net. Thanks. Say that one more time. Everybody, get a pen or or write this down. Say it again, please, Geronimo. F Frank um, Land Indian Federal Land on F L M M I R R dot net. Once again, F L M M I R R dot net. Federal Land Which Management. Stands for. <laughs> Federal Land Management of Mendocino Indian Reservation. And if you go into that website, and um, you will see the special project section, and there are all kinds of documents. And please, you can also join. There is uh, there's there's chats and stuff in there. And also, yeah. and Chief Geronimo, would you please? 
give them. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I'll, I'll stop grabbing the feather. My phone number is 707 6798229 eight, two, two, nine. My email is chief chief dot org. And um, and those that I could, I'm writing a letter right now. And if that um, you're those that you would like to have that assistance, it'd be very well um, beneficial if we could get into this letter so everybody and that the secretary and the president of the United States knows where all the money is going to be directed to. I mean, it's 4.3 billion dollars. So. It's not that um, we need them. We already have it. And we, um, well, 95% of it. All we need is the clarification that the reserve is what it is and the service for what it is going to be proposed for is what it is. And we do have nine professors and a lot of Sacramento um, teachers, educators, Native American supporters and other reserves that um, who are on board on this. They're not mentioned in the um, the president's letter yet, but they will. They um, they're all on board. And they're they're looking at the documents and seeing what how they could fit in and how they um, they could provide for this service and help out with this service. And Grandma AT, I. I thought you, I'm not sure if I mentioned that as well as being a descendant of Geronimo, Steve Geronimo is also a descendant of Cochise. Yep. So it's quite appropriate yes, that you're at this council. Oh, wow. Yes. Thank you. I, I yep. learned something. Thank you. Thank us. Yeah. My grandma is Celia. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, I've got, and I honor my grandmother. And I want I want to honor my grandmother and my mother, and you know, in such a um, an opportunity that you know, um, I I don't think I could have ever made a wish of something like this ever. And being the person that who my grandma, you know, and that's that's her and her family, and I now I know why that there was such a genocide against them. They had a, they had a bounty on my grandmother and all of our family because of that. And, you know, um, and, uh, and honor you as well, because in that, that's your family. And what better, what better way to, um, to show the steps that um, what I'm trying to show for um, all of our people and the people that, you know, this is what, if they lived here today, this is how they would have done it, even though they they saw all the genocide and all the corruption and all the worst. This this is how that I believe this is how that they would have done it. I've got a question. Yes. 
Okay, and I, we're we're seeing how we're looking at being able to get the monies and getting things built, being able to be economically stable. But but what yes. we just saw with the with the trial of Derek and George Floyd, the thing that I'm looking at yes. and, and I've seen you know it happen on reservations where European may attack and do violence to a woman on the reservation land. The reservation police can come in, arrest him, but they have to call the state police in order to come and get them and prosecute him through the state, not on reservation uh, court. Is that correct? No. If we appropriate the tribunal court to a Pacific reservation, they would have no jurisdiction and follow the Constitution of the Iroquois Nation under the um, under our sovereign claim our sovereign claim our courts. Right. Then the courts, then their courts will have no jurisdiction. We could pull them out by our law, right? Our land. Because Right, because even in the day that it happened, is that if something went on on the reservation, they were turned over to the marshal or to whoever was the local authority, and they were not prosecuted on the space in which they committed the crime. And the juries of, yep. of their peers were not the juries of the people that, that who the crime was committed to. And what I'm seeing is, is that if this was like you just showed there that the tribal could get these people that okay you 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 get caught as they have did in, in North Dakota they caught some Europeans that had some young girls that they were using campers to have the the men working on the pipeline to to do and when they caught them on the reservation land they had to turn them over to North Dakota, whatever city that was, the county, whatever was in, and turn them over to that. And they were not tried on the land that they were committing the crime and using the women of the reservation to commit the crime, but then being able to walk away from it and get out from under it by using their own laws to get uh Release. And this is the same thing that we're seeing, what that same thing happened, where the police are shooting the, the, the young African-Americans and now being processed through, through the court and being able to, to get out from under it by the FOP and the other little ways and loopholes that they do. This what I'm seeing with this, this MF, the, the missing and murdered indigenous women and men. I'm glad my sister said put the men in there because they are raping the boys also. So what we're looking at is how can that be that we have authority to prosecute those that prosecute, I mean, that commit crimes against the nation? Well, that's because that that's why that Native Americans didn't, um, they didn't allow, the United States didn't allow a court system. I think Kovalo has a court system, but it's only traffic. Um, I developed uh, into my constitution a federal tribunal court. And we could use the university as a tribunal court or a court just Arizona. Arizona, anywhere in Arizona on a tribal 
nations, we could go under the um, the 1848 or the 1849 Apache Federal Law of Court. That's our court system. That's all the. That's all the um, all the federal jurisdiction. It's under the Apache law. The federal court system is under the the 1849 um, federal law. That's that's all. But that's the same, and and I understand that part. But the, what I'm looking at too is just like when when native when nations commit a crime. They have to be prosecuted through a federal, and they have to go to a federal penitentiary. They're not a state. States are not authorized to put indigenous people into their system. Is that correct? Yeah, but they do. But this is where we could, if we take charge and put a court system together and retry all the Native Americans that were on Native American lands, then we could eliminate the, the other process. We have to have a court system. We have to build that court system, which I have everything that we need. Right. Everything we need. Okay. And we have to and, set up treatment centers because we don't right. like to and just right. punish our people. We like to rehabilitate our men and our women. Right. We don't ever throw right. the. We don't punish someone for being sick. We treat them. Right. We, because this is well, well, variety white bison came from is because of the First Nations when they had the mind change. The nations decided to take the men and sell them to stop trading skins for rum and began to get their minds back because they saw the damage that was coming into the nation when they began to do this trading for the alcohol. The same three things that have brought the slave trade to this country was three things that still in our community today. Number one was guns. Number two was alcohol. Number three was cloth. And if you look at the the communities in which our people live, those same three things are the things that are causing our people to be incarcerated and put back into a new slave trade. Yes. Well, this is how we're absolutely. Our plan is to release all the natives and to provide that you know we have jurisdiction. That's what tribal nations. So this is what they did. So the twelve chiefs they got and their tribal nations. Their tribal nations has um, a treasury account, and the white people took over the jurisdiction of the the. the Department, United States Department of Treaties to the tribal nations and appointed themselves as the, um, the fiduciaries of, um, of our accounts. And this is why we need the, um, the chiefs to come back together and provide um, a chiefs of council of court. We could do that. We could put the chiefs of, together of court and release all the indigenous natives and those that who are um, really bad, then you know we'll they'll, they'll prevent their case and we'll judge them appropriately. And you know those um, are, these are the steps that we need to take. 
let me also remind everyone um, and say a shout out to uh, Chief Arvo looking for the keeper of the pipe. And I'd like uh, Chief Geronimo to tell his place amongst the seven chiefs of Standing Rock, if you would, please. And I also just want to mention that Chief Looking Horse, I certainly is with us in spirit and his wife, Paula. Um, and that I very much look forward to the day okay. when he joins this council and also when he comes to our land here in Nevada, where he is the spiritual chief. Could you please put your work in the perspective of Standing Rock and our elder brother, Chief Arvo Looking Horse, 19th generation keeper of the sacred pipe, Wopala? Well, uh, we're to say, well, we're, um, when I went to, to Standing Rock, um, there was a there was a there was a prayer there was a prayer for the sacred fire, and uh, I just got done with um, my position in development of the um, the the jobs for Mendocino, and all my elders say, you know, hey, if you're going to be this person, why not go to Standing Rock, you know, and prove it to us that who you are, and. There, when I showed up, you know, I, I gave the chiefs, you know, some, you know, some documentations and some actions that would help out, you know, the tribes. And the seven of us, you know, we had the, um, the responsibility, you know, one Apache, one Pomo, and four Sioux. That our responsibility was, you know, to um, overlook, you know, the, um, the relatives, the natives, and make sure everything was, um, you know, safe. And my job was to, um, you know, the kitchen area and around the, um, around the sacred fire, you know, we all had a, an area that we had, you know, we took care of and make sure that everybody was, um, you know, associated and, you know, and one of mine was, you know, one of my challenges because new Americans like to put challenges on people and one of my challenges was to get, you know, I think I think there's I think there was like twenty thousand people, you know, there might have been less, but there was enough people that to surround the whole area of of Standing Rock, and that in this um, in this action, it took me you know it took me like two hours to I I had to run all the way around in circles to make sure every time I got around to the front people will start dissipating because it took like 15 minutes to, um, to go around to everybody and to gather everybody and to join this circle. And when I did, you know, I, I, I told him, I said, Hey, you guys are here for a reason. You're here for the sacred. You're here to save the pipeline that not to save it, but to take it out, you know, and, and that you will see. And I put my whole spirit into this. That, you know, that I told every single person, if you come together, we will stop this. This is why we're here. Not to be separated, but to come together as one. And would you know it, the last time I came around, I got, the kids were playing down the hill. And because it was snowing, it was, you know, about, I think at that time it was about 28 degrees below zero. 
and they were sliding down the hills. And then we had this gap, and it's like, hey, come on, guys, get up here. We need you for real. We just need you real fast. Come on, get up here. We need every living person to come into this circle. So uh, I got the kids up there. They, they, they got them to hold hands, and as I went around, and as to the last hand that came together, and they came over the loudspeaker that Dapple had his, uh, the courts pulled the Dapple's permits. And so I know that, you know, um, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm young and that I'm, well, I'm 50. Then, you know, and I was 37, but, you know, um, it's a lesson. And, you know, um, I learned from my brothers, I learned from my elders and, um, that, you know, um, Chief Standing Oak, you know, and she helped me. And, you know, being a, um, to be a leader is, is not an easy job. And, you know, um, and natives are just as not as easy as what most people think. So, you know, it's, our job isn't easy, but it is worthy. And to show myself that, you know, and, as a chief is to what my reservation was and to come to another reservation on what is, I knew what they were, um, what they were battling and to put out that fire, which I did try to light it back up because, you know, there's 300 nations that came together to, um, you know, for blessings. What, what, what is it just with one fire? If one fire could keep 300 nations together, why put it out? Is because that prayer was answered. What about the the other thousand prayers that were sitting there? What about their prayers? What about our prayers? What about you know what kept us together? And you know that was our strength. But as they you know as the elder said that you know um, you know our place is where we need to be to bring it back. And the seven elders of the chief of the horns, you know, and this wasn't their last step. This wasn't, this was their, this was our beginning. And, you know, and to this plan that I had, you know, 13 international news media that was to, um, to provide the economics of what we need to have and what we need to see. And, you know, um, the sacred is, you know, is what we know that prayers do work. And we have a fire here at DQ under, you know, the same, you know, pretense. And I prayed one day that um, we didn't have, we had very little food. And I went out to the fire and, and I made a prayer. And I asked for food. You would not imagine how much food we got the next day. We filled up every refrigerator. We filled up every refrigerator. Only thirty cars came in and just gave food. I didn't. I didn't put it over the radio. I put it into a fire and asked a smoke signal. You called with a smoke signal. And you know, and people will think that oh, that's just a coincidence. No, um, this is no coincidence. This is what we prepared. And then during that part, that there was a um, this is where the big fires were here in Sacramento, and that, um, you know, at the same time, we said, hey, you know, we're open. We got food. We got blankets. And then we got everything that we need, you know, because of this prayer. It was a balance of 
what you need and what you work for. And, you know, um, I'm, I'm still learning and I think I will still always learn on how to be the best person that I am. And I, I so appreciate, you know, um, standing rock and, you know, the, um, the honor that I was able to have and the lessons that I was able to, um, you know, prevail and, you know, and still learning and, you know, and, and that's in that circle till this day, that it will never be forgotten because they gave me more than just, you know, um, they gave me a ceremony. They gave us a ceremony to bring the chiefs together. And with our power that we stopped a hundred, um, marshals coming onto that land. It's like, um, hold on. We have an authority here. You can't, you can't do that. We stopped that. We stopped, you know, you know, I, I took 412 people off the bridge because, you know, we're not there to fight or, you know, the relatives are, don't have, you know, we're there for peace. We're not there to walk on that bridge and say to taunt or to say, you can't do this and look who you're at. That's not who we are. We sit and pray. We don't put no battles out. If they want to spray us with water, I guess we get wet. And that, you know, um, it's just something that. It's, um, you know, may I interject something? Swanee, did you want to say something? No, I want to go ahead. I'll let you say it because it's, it's a little long. Okay, um, there's something important I wanted to mention in the fulfillment of positive prophecies. And I, I was telling Geronimo, you know, I work, I tell people I'm permanently possessed by Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene, and I walk under the armpit of the white buffalo calf woman. And my work the last four years in particular has been to help reestablish the original sovereignty of the Ojedi Sunwin, because it's important for saving life on planet Earth. And I had, you know, and I, I had spoken to Chief Looking Horse, and his beautiful wife, Paula, who together are a living Chinupa and such a good example to us all. And I was told that Chief Looking Horse is fulfilling his job of caring for the pipe. He is not about politics. And I need, I was like, where is the chief? Where is the chief who can do this work? And I was just bugging Great Spirit and the Tankashala all the time. Because I knew Red Cloud had died, and you know, and all, and and the thing we all forget—I know I did—I didn't even know—was that we all think about. I'm sorry. Yeah. The red one. Okay, it's fine. I'll keep talking. There's just so many. This is live in in our lives, so people talk, and it's what it is. Um, but I knew about first contact on the East Coast. I knew from my, you know, Mohawk elders, brothers like Lawrence Anthony, I heard about how they felt when the ships arrived and they started to see, they knew that when the white brothers arrived, that they were either, it was either going to be a good thing or it was going to be a really hard thing. And they talked. About And they chose not to kill them all because they didn't want the blood on their hands. Thank goodness that the people were given the Sundance to endure. But I, I didn't know that Sir Francis Drake 
and the English had landed on the West Coast. And so here, in the balancing, in the mending of the sacred hoop, in the restoration of that eternal figure eight of life, that it is appropriate that Geronimo would come from the West and stand and lead this healing of the nations. And I'm just so grateful and because it's so profound. You know, in the prophecies of the seventh and eighth fires, it was prophesied that the Anishinaabe would rise up first, and they have. And if you're from north of the so-called border, if you're Nehawak or Anishinaabe, you've been putting back into power and authority your clan mothers, as have the Diné. And as the late Musa Meredith Quinn, the Dakota international legal advisor pointed out, you ha- your sovereignty has to be so strong that one does not ask the white man what he is to do, one commands. And in order to do that, this goes back to the issue of the women and the respect to the women, because the, the ones who hold title to the land, even though we know our land cannot be bought or sold, the land is our mother. And we are all related, but you have to have your women in the place of honor. The castes will miss us. And so I, on behalf of Unchimaka and Wankantanka, I'm so honored to be able to work for them and for all of you and to, you know, introduce you to Chief Geronimo. He is returned. He is returned with Cochise as one. Welcome to the Mending of the Hoop and the Healing of the Earth. <laughs> Live on Planet Earth. Live <laughs> So um we have fifteen minutes left. Um this has been this is wonderful. There may be some people who haven't had the feather yet and uh I'd like to I will be silent. And um, then I will, as is my role as honorary clan mother, uh, asked to be so by great spirit. When many years ago I was asked to go have my youngest child was born in a barn in the straw in Wisconsin near where Miracle had been born to show my dedication to choosing at this crossroads, to choosing the path of healing because we have two choices, life and death. And when you stand at the V, I hope everybody chooses life because we all know, you know, death is where addiction and violence and all that. And we know where that goes. It's not a fun life. (laughs) So I hope everybody's with us on the path to life. But again, I want to put the feather back in the center of the circle and invite anyone who hasn't spoken yet and who has, you know, I used to be a Quaker. And I'd go to silent meeting and you knew when it was your time to talk because you literally would start shaking because great spirit wanted to speak through you. So if anybody's quaking in this circle, please take the time to speak now. We have uh, approximately 12 minutes left in this council. And we need to save at least two minutes for closing song. Okay. And if anybody has, nobody has their hand up, are you running the board? We don't have a hand thing in Blog Talk, unfortunately. It's not Zoom. 
Okay. So it's an honor system. Right. Uh, and I know I know and on Blog Talk they have it to where you, you press one and you're in a queue and the person looks and sees that that number has the one press, so they, they're wanting to speak. I see That's a question mark I... next to 336 and 706. Maybe that means people at those numbers want to talk. So Well, I'm at 706, anyway. and Mom AZ has just spoken, so that's the question mark. Their lines are open. So what I had, the question I had, and I thank you for, you know, eloquently putting that and, and saying that the invaders came in from the east and you had the invader that came in, Sir Francis Drake. Sir Francis Drake's family crest was the head of the African, if you did know that, wow. uh, that that's what he chose for his family crest because he was part of the 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 part and even his ships, I think was Drake. Yeah, he had the ship called the Jesus that was given to him by the Spanish. But what I'm looking at is the the red and the black because I began with that with the Choctaw prophecy and the red and the black. And I would like to ask Chief Geronimo in that the the eastern part has the mixed blood like the Freemans and and the the Seminoles, and those are the mixed bloods of the, the African and the indigenous people in the different nations. And we still have that of the, the red because uh, the one who led Hernandez, the African that led him into Arizona and New Mexico, was part of dealing with the nations. And so what we're seeing now, and even in Standing Rock, there were a lot of mixed bloods coming in. There's been a great thing of challenge of having acknowledgement to say that this person can be on the rolls or be acknowledged as part of that nation because of their father or their mother not being of full blood. And so these are the challenges I'm seeing in our community because before I came on today, I was in Clubhouse and there were young people. Now that they're they're able to have their their talk sessions and they're talking about their identity and understanding the part of them being able to acknowledge the part in which they're connected to a tribe when the tribe does not want to acknowledge them. May I answer this, Chief Geronimo? I'm sure. This is why the White Buffalo Nation exists. It's for the people of the four directions, white, black, yellow, red. If you're here for the mending of the sacred hoop and the healing of the earth, we are the nation for you, and Chief Geronimo is our acting chief. So that's how we solve that problem, and we are that's how we let the people in. Right. And they have to be. We lead them to sobriety. Okay. And and I'm understanding of the the well-briety, you know, coming out of that forming. The thing that I'm looking at, there are a lot of young people that are now discovering and and coming up with their their lineage of finding out that their great-grandmother was this or their grandfather was that. And the part of them being disconnected and being as was happened in the mission schools and being taught, being taught to not own your culture 
And the same thing that is happening in this day with these young people now are trying to find their culture and who they're connected to. So I'm seeing what, what you have created here and what's been created in other venues of identity. It's very important yes. that we can lead them to these spaces right now to, to say that here, you come here and you listen to what has been prepared for you to to. Join your people. Yes. Chief Kwame? Yes. I'm not a chief. I'm with my Or Geronimo? Yes. We have seven minutes left. So, brothers, we are, we are, this is an every week council. So, I'm going to ask between the two of you to um, finish conversing. But be aware that we have seven minutes left and um, toss a coin, so to speak. One of you is going to have to do the closing prayer song unless someone well, – I, I wish, Marge, I wish I had – I apologize to Marge that I did not learn. I will learn the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Men's song so that we can sing it every time. So I let the, you two have the last six minutes. Well, um, well, um, I'll pass the singing. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'll, I'll do my practice. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm good with, um, you know, the people. I'm good in, you know, um, what, what I do. And to answer your question is that, you know, um, Mendocino is a fairly recognized tribe, and you know, most federal governments will not recognize those who didn't belong to a tribe, but. But that's what we're doing. We're going to we're going to bring all the Native Americans together. If they if no one else will, will accept them, I will, and I will, you know, buy land so that you know the people where they belong, you know, they can be happy. To, to, to strive on 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 that part, and that's you know that's what we're here for. That's what I'm here for is to. You know, there's 80,000 people on my reserve, and maybe 3,000 are Native. So I got 76,000 Native Americans to um, to join a really good reserve with an opportunity that no casino could be. Everything that... And you know, if their natives wants to uh, go to other tribes, we could go to other tribes. I will well, do it. Well. Yes. Grandfather Kwame, I am going to ask you because your heart has been so full these two hours. If you would give our final words to the Tonkashula and Great give, Spirit for us. I would, I would, I would love to, to read in well Bryanty the closing prayer and the prayer of the Great Spirit. Would you please? Oh, Great Spirit, whose voice I hear in the wind and whose breath gives life to all the world, hear me. I am small and weak. I need your strength and wisdom. Let me walk in the beauty and make my eyes ever behold the red and the purple sunset. 
Make my hands respect the things you have made and my ears sharp to hear your voice. Make me wise so that I may understand the things you have taught my people. Let me hear the lessons you have hidden in every leaf and rock. I need strength, not to be greater than my brother, but to fight my greatest enemy, myself. Make me always ready to come to you with clean hands and straight eyes. So when life fades as a fading sunset, my spirit may come to you without shame. Aho. 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 And thank you. We have three minutes left. Yes. Excuse me. Let me continue. No, I, I just said thank us because we're. Yeah. When I say thank us, I don't say you because it's not. There's no I and we. We're united in spirit. That means us. And so, as we learn to use the language and 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 this tongue that we speak with, it's being able to change it to where it has a a meaning for our hearts because we have to become centered and balanced. Just as the prayer said, my hardest battle is not my brother, it's with myself. <laughs> hi, hi. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and, and with that, brothers and sisters, I am going to uh, close us with a song. It's a little rough. It's a song that Great Spirit gave me. It's called Great Spirit, Do Not Fail Us. And uh, thank you, everyone, for being part of this council. We will uh, return next Saturday, and uh, you can reach us privately um, through Facebook Messenger. My email is whitebuffalonation at gmail.com and Ropala Pilamaya. Great spirit, when you called, I answered, set my life upon the line. Walk the path of fire Spinning, spinning, spinning On a web so fine Please, Father, don't fail me On this vision quest Set my sights upon you Gambled all upon your name Your faithfulness and promise My only gain Great Spirit, hear me calling For clarity and truth your child, your bride, beloved, calling out to you. You put me on a journey, listening to your voice. Turn left, turn right at your word, surrender my only choice. Great Vision quest. 
set my sights on you. Your faithfulness and promise, my only fame. Freedom as a rose, courage in the heart, casting aside the ways of the world, seeking only you. On this vision quest Answer the riddles of my heart As you put us to the test I have no outer wealth No power and no palm I've sought you in the meadows Amidst the flowers from Great spirit in your promises I live and I will die Oh great spirit all is you And all the earth is yours Earth, water, wind and fire the chasm, I stand upon the cliff, and trust that when I take the leap, I'll rise upon your wind. I do not fail us on this vision quest, we set our sights on you. Your faithfulness and promise are only well. And that is our council for today. Uh, Doksha and Ahomitakuyase to all our relations. See you again next week. Doksha. Doksha.